You are experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. It is January 3rd, 2024, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we are bringing you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. This is our first show of 2024, so we're excited to get going with that. Uh, We just have a couple of topics to talk about. We also have a few structural changes in the show I wanted to mention. We're going to be airing live now for our sort of knucklehead panels on Wednesday nights, and we may still do some of these guest interviews on Monday mornings when we've been doing them before live uh, online, but um, but you, it won't change anything if you're watching us on public access. It's <laughs> all be the same. So anyways, I just wanted to get that out of the way uh, before we get going. Um, so some of the topics we're going to hit in this show, we're going to talk about how Steamboat Mickey just sailed uh, uh, into the public domain. So... <laughs> one of the more protected uh, <clears throat> pieces of intellectual property is some of these Disney icons. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So we'll kick that around a little bit. Um, uh, another uh, topic we're going to talk about is uh, all of these migrants uh, in California are now suddenly uh, eligible for Medi-Cal. So <laughs> that should be interesting because uh, it seems to be a, a never-ending stream of people coming here. And then uh, for our Knucklehead Noise Patrol, we'll talk about a few of the crazy things that uh, Donald Trump has said recently. And, uh, you know, <laughs> these things, whether you love them or hate them, you just got to shake your head at some of the things he says. Um, and then finally, uh, if we have time, we'll make a few predictions, <laughs> a few Knucklehead predictions. Uh, for 2024. So let me introduce you to our panel in our lower left-hand corner. We have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. In our lower right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. My name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host. So the first thing we've been doing, uh, we've been doing this for about a month. Uh, The first thing we do to kick off the show now is we start with um, a quote, uh, sort of a liberty-oriented quote, and sometimes these are sort of tied into the topics of the show, and this one is today. Uh, So no one better to start off the year with uh, than Thomas Jefferson. So uh, great, our invisible hand was right on that and yanked Thomas Jefferson right out for us. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about intellectual property today, and here was Thomas Jefferson's thoughts on it. He said, he who receives an idea from me receives instruction himself without lessening mine. Uh, As he lights his taper, that means candle back then, I guess, uh, as he lights his taper at mine, receives light without darkening me. That ideas should freely spread from one to another over the globe seems to have been peculiarly and benevolently designed by nature. And so that was the idea of Thomas Jefferson. So I guess he wasn't very keen on the idea of government you know, kind of uh, setting intellectual property rights, it seems like. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the show. But do you guys have any thoughts on this quote of Jefferson before we dive into the first issue? I think it's appropriate subject matter. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, just it's just appropriate to the intellectual property subject matter. Good pick, Jason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I. I I, I think all 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 our property rights begin with an idea. So, I mean, I'm not sure if there's a really distinction being made here. If it, this is just a distinction with without a difference, but I guess we'll be talking more about that as we go into the show, because I don't know where where intellectual property ends and and real property begin. I have I have no idea. Okay. 
And I, I, and I think that what Jefferson was trying to get at, and this will come up as we talk about later, but it's just the idea that like physical property has scarcity and ideas once they're hatched don't. So the idea that if he has an idea and that you can use the idea and he can use the idea at the same time. And there's, there's no conflict at that point, but as I'm sure Leon will point out, getting that idea out may have some issues of scarcity involved with it. So okay. we'll get into that in the, uh, as, as we get into the first topic. Uh, so uh, rolling right along with uh, steamboat Willie is now in the public domain. So this is kind of a weird story because a lot of people are talking about Mickey mouse is now in the public domain. But technically, it's not actually Mickey Mouse. It's Steamboat Willie. And Mickey Mouse is in it, but it's sort of an early version of Mickey Mouse. And so people potentially can use this. Mickey Mouse is also a trademark, not just a copyright of Disney, which also complicates things. And this is kind of why I was thinking these are IP laws seem like a lot of very Mickey Mouse laws. They're very hard to understand what exactly they're they're protecting and what exactly your rights are as just a normal person in using those ideas represented in those stories uh so one of the things in the uh, steamboat willie uh this is uh, just a sort of a little clip uh from steamboat willie that it's showing here but <clears throat> it essentially had mickey mouse and he's going down the river in a boat and i guess that story was borrowed from another story, some other steamboat story <laughs> that uh, Walt Disney drew off of. So and that was in the public domain. And apparently there was a song that was played on it that was also in the public domain. <laughs> so there's all these things that that uh, Walt Disney drew upon in, in making this cartoon, the first one with Mickey Mouse. And yet Mickey Mouse has been protected for over 70 years. <laughs> It's, uh, you mean, you uh, mean he, he stole them and then protected his theft? Well, I'm not sure if he stole Mickey Mouse, but it's just the idea that he he somehow, he as uh, Isaac Newton said, if I'm great, it's because I stood on the shoulders of giants. Well, it sounded like he stood on a lot of people's shoulders, created <laughs> Mickey Mouse, <laughs> and then said, nobody better get on my shoulder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so and and this is kind of the crazy thing, right? Because it's sort of like, where does it end and where does it begin? So th this has been put out there, and apparently that's it's being used uh, in different places now. And, and apparently Disney has just had Steamboat Willie out for a little while, free to see on YouTube and some other places anyways, I guess. But, um, <clears throat> but it's just the idea that where do these things end and begin? So one of the... Uh, Let's see, what was I going to pull up here? There's uh, some issues on uh, what kinds of intellectual properties uh, are there. There's there's patents. We're not really talking about that in this case, but that's inventions. And so that's about 20 years currently is what they give you for uh, uh, an invention that you go to the patent office and prove that your idea was original. So I, I don't know exactly how you do that because it's like, well, I didn't stand on that many shoulders when I created <laughs> I didn't stand on the shoulders of that many giants because every idea comes from standing on other ideas. So I, I don't know. But anyways, uh, you have to prove that somehow your idea is original and therefore it gets to be uh, protected. But then uh, trademarks can be used as long as it's or protected as long as it's being used commercially. So, so and, and I can kind of understand the trademark thing because it's sort of like if you're a consumer and you want to buy something, you kind of would like to know that the person selling you it is actually
actually representing it as the quality of what it is. So maybe there's something there, but, uh, and then copyrights is more about like the work. So the idea that, you know, uh, <clears throat> Walt Disney creates the steamboat Willie and somebody else can't run out with a digital copy 10 minutes later and start selling steamboat Willie, uh, and, making money off of it without giving it to uh, Walt Disney, essentially. So those are the the different categories. And and apparently Mickey Mouse falls under both the trademark and the copyright. So so that's kind of where we're at with this. So, um, uh, you know, we can, uh, I guess uh, you guys want to jump in on this now or do you guys want to get a little bit uh, into the, the uh, issue of the fact that there's a movie that somebody has already put out? <laughs> Kind of using the rights to to Mickey Mouse. Uh, well, I'm curious. It says seventy years after the author dies, has has uh, Disney been dead for seventy years? Seems like it's less than that. <clears throat> no, it seems pretty close. I mean, we're he would have had to have died in the fifties for this to be, and and since this is yeah. kind of where we're at right now, apparently I Winnie the Pooh came into the public domain last year, so it's. But it sounds like this is really close to when he created these, and you know, seventy years afterwards or something. So, um, <clears throat> well, well I mean, it, when it, I, Disney, Disney died in nineteen sixty-six, so that's way less hmm. than seventy years. Okay. Well, it, it, I, yeah, I can't tell you that, one thing. That would be fifty, fifty, uh, fifty-seven years. But go ahead. I'm sorry. In looking at some of these before the show, uh, depending upon when the copyrights and trademarks and patents were uh, were granted, there were different uh, different time periods associated with them. So currently, it is seventy years after the uh, for a copyright uh, uh, after the death of the author, apparently. But um, some of these other things, like I know patents before, I think it was 1995 or 85 or something like that, were like 17 years, and then they changed it to be 20 years. So, there, and I think there might have been some shift too for material that was generated before like 1978 or something like that as well for copyright stuff. So again, it's kind of a... You know, this is a problem when government gets involved to get all these rules. Everything starts to become really complicated and hard to understand. But, but Jason, 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 I think, I mean, I think all of us here believe that the the function and scope of government should be very, should be well-defined, but very limited. I think we can all agree on that statement. But I think one of those things that government is supposed to protect is property rights. But here, I think this whole argument and this whole debate about intellectual property versus real property, I don't understand how you can say one of the functions that we all could agree on is that government must protect property rights, either through laws or through to actual enforcement of, of you know, don't, don't let squatters come onto my land and all that kind of stuff onto my property and all these other things. If that is the role, if that is a legitimate function of government, how could we say, well, real property could be protected, but intellectual property cannot? I, I cannot understand that. What, and, and I think we, we, you know, I kind of alluded to that earlier as we were talking about there's a scarcity issue that happens. And so when you talk about physical property, if you have a pair of shoes 
that's one pair of shoes. So three, if three people claim that pair of shoes all at the same time, how, how do you decide whose pair of shoes it is? I mean, if there's not some kind of system of property rights, right, that kind of say this is your pair of shoes and, and you have the right based upon maybe what a judge or some kind of a jury or something says, yeah, this is, this appears to be Leon's shoes. Those other people better bugger off, I guess, whatever. But, but you know, that, that's okay. the problem, right? There's a scarcity issue. And so like, you know, same thing with a plot of land, right? I mean, if you want to use a plot of land to put a bookstore on and somebody else wants to grow strawberries on it, yeah, well, I mean, you've got to sort of make a choice. There's a scarcity issue there, right? Of that one plot of land. But with an idea, Suppose you both wanted to grow strawberries with a certain method of growing strawberries. Well, it's, I mean, if you use that idea for growing strawberries and somebody else uses it 50 miles away, there's no scarcity issue right there. I mean, he, the other guy using the idea for strawberries 50 miles away from you doesn't stop you from using the same idea for growing strawberries. But an intellectual property right might say, oh, no, you can't use that, you know, because I thought of it first. So you can't use this idea. Right. It was sort of like, why? So, that uh, kind of a thing. OK. OK. There's this guy. He have this method, this new method of, of developing of developing of growing strawberries, this new idea. You, you want to tell me he will exp, expend, expend no resources in developing the method? I, I, he, is going, he is going to expend real assets, real material, real stuff to make the idea work. It has to be. Every, everything, everything, every property right you can think about in this world begins with an idea. And if you're going to ex ex expend real assets to promote that idea, to bring that idea into fruition, how could you say it's not protected when you already acknowledge real property rights must be protected? This is a total contradiction. Well, no, no, it's the scarcity issue again, right? I mean, the whole issue with real property rights is there literally is a scarcity of, of that property. There's no question about that. But with the idea you know, that's a lot harder to to sort of pinpoint, right? And certainly once the idea is hatched, everybody can use that idea and it's not going to stop it. But but think about this too. We've only had a, a intellectual property rights maybe for a few hundred years, right? In, in various places and forms. Uh, and yet people still invented stuff, right? So, I mean, if your contention is nobody would ever invent something without the government stepping in and say, saying, this guy has a monopoly on the idea, well, I mean, there's thousands of years of history that says different. And I mean, imagine if you were able to copyright the Bible and keep that somehow protected, right? Maybe we wouldn't have all these different versions of Christianity, right? Because they would have said, no, no, you violated my copyright. You can't change the, <laughs> the story of Jesus you know? <laughs> unless, unless, unless the Catholic Church says you can change that. You know, I mean, they're just all kind of, now, now granted, maybe that would go beyond the 70 years, but I mean, a similar principle, right? I mean, you know, should, so. <laughs> but... <laughs> Still, still, Jason, still, we're still talking about that idea being, con I mean, I don't think anybody could pattern an idea per se. I mean, take for instance, you use the, 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 the idea of the strawberry, all right, this new method to, to grow strawberries. Somehow or the other, that must manifest itself into something real. 
and then it becomes an issue of scarcity. It must well. all all real property rights begin with an idea, and if we cannot if we cannot um, protect our our intellectual property, I don't know why we then we should be able to protect our real property because because everything starts with an idea. Tim, did you want to jump in? Because I, I hate to feel yeah, like I'm no one arguing. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, um, just wanted to make sure I understand Leon's point of view. Are, are you worried, Leon, that the original inventor of the idea, the one that came up with the idea, would get compensated justly for his idea? Is that the concern you have, what you want government to protect? No, I am saying... I am okay. saying no. I'm not. I'm not even. No, no. That's not what my what I'm saying. I am saying that if we are going to live in a society where one of the legitimate functions of government is to protect property rights, mm -hmm. I do not know how we draw this line, this fine line, and say on one side of the line there is real property rights and the government has a legitimate role there, but on the other side of the line. The government is, is, is intellectual property rights, and the government has no role there. I cannot understand that. Well, I think Jason's. Uh, I, I kind of have to agree with Jason. He's saying that in one case, it's a scarcity item, like the the land or the personal property. It's still it's still scarcity. Whereas an idea has it's unlimited with how many people can come up with the same idea. In other words, if somebody came up with a tune. And, and a verse that went with the tune, then um, any number of millions of people could play that same tune and sing the same verse to the tune, correct? And is that what you're saying, Jason? Is that... Yeah, that versus like if, if, if you had one bag of flour, not everybody could use that same flour to right. bake yeah. cookies with, right? <laughs> Literally, right. Right. only one guy's going to be able to take that bag of flour and everybody else is out of luck, right? Yeah, so, so, so I think that's the difference. And I think that uh, it's a lot easier for a government entity to uh, protect a, a, sol a, a real property as opposed to an intellectual property, which is an idea because the ideas are just completely unlimited, really. So so I, I, I see Jason's point of view. Okay. My home, the home that I'm sitting in right now. Yeah. Okay. You are claiming that the government has a legitimate role in protecting it because of its scarcity. Yes. Okay. What is to prevent someone from going right next door to me and buying a home just like mine? Nothing. Okay. So where is the scarcity issue then? Well, uh, well there, there's only... Oh, not, I, I, yeah. I did want to jump in there. There is only one next door to you, right? Or maybe there's two next doors to you. There's a scarcity of next doors to you. So if anybody wanted to be next door to you, they have to get the property next door. They can't... It wouldn't be the same property if it was 50 miles away. You say, oh, yeah, that's next door to Leon. It's, it's in another city, but it's next door. There's only so many next doors right. next to and, Leon. And, <laughs> There's a scarcity words, issue there. Why should words. I... Why should, okay. If somebody think it is so absolutely necessary to live next door to Leon, why the hell they shouldn't pay for that? That's the idea. Their idea is that, oh, my goodness gracious... What a wonderful life I am going to have if I could just live next door to this wonderful guy named Leon. Okay, so why the hell you should pay for that? 
Well, they are. This is what you want. You want to improve your life by living next door to this wonderful dude. Okay, fine. I have no problem. Then why should pay for it? Well, they will pay for it. (laughs) No, no. Under what you guys are telling me, they they don't have to pay for that. No, it is. That's just an idea. No, no. They want to improve their life. They want to improve their life by living next door to this wonderful dude named Leon. Yeah. And they they will just want to come. Okay, suppose my property is worth half a million dollars. I don't know what the hell is worth half a million dollars. They just want to come next door and pay the half a million dollars when they want some right to live right next door to me. Well, here's the difference. If they want the right to live next door to me, it have to cost more than the half a million dollars it, it costs. And that's what should be protected. My name should be protected in that case. Well, why do you want to live next door to me? What's so important? Remember the song where the house... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, listen. You guys tend to think like Democrats here, okay? <laughs> because you hear what you're saying. You hear what you're saying. <laughs> You want to live next to this wonderful dude named Leon, and you want to do it for free. We never said free. You brought it the word free. But that is what you guys are saying. It's an no, unlimited idea. It's an unlimited <laughs> idea, so it should, it, it should not be protected in any way. That's what you guys said. No, it's no, no I, 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 I think this is a, Santa Claus. Here. This, this is Santa Claus mentality. Well, no, the, the land next to you is scarce, right? There's literally a scarce land next to you. So you have to compete for that land with bidding it up, essentially, for whatever it's worth. Now, now some people may say, I don't want to live next door to Leon, and that would send the price down. <laughs> and some people yeah. might say, hey, I want to live next door to Leon, and that would send the price up. And depending upon <laughs> you know, what the ratio is of, of our Leon audience <laughs> that's going to wind up setting the price right <laughs> but jason they are taking my name and putting it into the value of their property my name okay that worth something if well, they're taking my name and putting it into the value of their property i need royalties that should be protected <laughs> okay i i, I let, let me ask you this what if the guy next to you sees what you're wearing every day and he likes mm. the way you look. And then you notice he starts dressing just like you. <laughs> starts wearing the same clothes. Should 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 you be able to charge him for that, or should he be able to to do that? Right? I mean, it's it's like he's just he's just standing on the shoulders of a giant named Leon. He hasn't really he's not keeping you from standing. <laughs> okay. So he likes this shoe that I'm wearing, right? Yeah. Right. And 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 I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing some sweat sweatpants, okay. And he decided he liked this, and but I want to dress like Leon. He could go right down by the store, and he could buy. He could go right by the outlet, and he could get a, a an Eddie Bauer shirt, and he could get a sweatpants and look like me, and he could dress like me. That's no problem. I don't see that as a problem. But you, what your 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 analogy with the property is different, though. It's different. No. It's not to but say that the guy's like trying to. an idea. You you decided that this is what makes the Leon image. You put it together, and then somebody else liked that, and they just copied it. Right. And 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 you still got to dress the same way. And the guy the next door is dressing just like you. He's not stopping you unless you say, th- "I don't want to dress like that guy." <laughs> you change no, what no, you're doing. Listen, this, this is not the same thing. This is clearly not the same thing. Okay, you are telling me in one case some guy decided to dress like Leon. Okay. 
But how could he dress like Leon? He just had to go to the store and he could buy the, the necessary clothes and he could dress like Leon. Well, except okay. that he doesn't there's, know how Leon dresses until he sees how Leon dresses, right? That's the idea. You're the one who set the fad of how to dress like Leon. It was your idea to dress a certain way. You put a certain combination of pants and shirt and glasses. And, you know, if you had hair products or whatever else, yeah, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. You're doing all that. And that other guy sees it and he copies it. That's 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 it, what we're talking about, about an idea. It is still, it is still not the same thing as telling me somebody who is putting my very name into value, into the value of a property he wishes to purchase, which is next door to Leon. This is different. <laughs> this is yeah. far different. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's a, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's like a guy come to my home and I cook some food, okay? I'm not a good cook, okay? The good cook in this family is my wife. But I'm not a good cook. But I cook some food from Trinidad. I cook it. And he asks me, hey, how did you do that? And I say X, Y, Z, and that kind of stuff and things like that. That's what I did. He goes down to the store. He buys the thing. I go home and cook the food. It may come out good. It may come out bad. But that's between him and him and the, the, the cooking he's doing. But when you're talking about a real tangible asset, which he decides that I must have next door to Leon, for some reason, he believes the quality of his life is going to be improved by living next door to Leon. Well, bro, you got to pay royalties for that if you think <laughs> that my name is so valuable to you. That's different. Okay, well, hold on. we're coming up near the end of the uh, the half hour for our public access show. So let me squeeze in the uh, the issue of this uh this movie that's being made uh so uh, james maybe you could bring up the visual real quick so uh somebody now is taking this idea of mickey mouse and steamboat willie and turning it into a horror movie okay and so i have a very quick trailer i want to show so maybe you could show video clip one of this it's about 30 seconds Like completely in love with you already. It's totally disgusting. Put the phone down! Put the phone down, please! I was like, dude, I've already stopped. Gina, turn it off, please! Gina! Okay, so we saw some some killer that looks like Mickey Mouse was just about to stab somebody in the movie. But I guess the question I would put, and then we're gonna have to answer that after our after we break from our public access audience, but uh, the question I would put is, did them making that movie, let's say they made that five years before, do you really think that's going to hurt the value of Walt Disney and all of these other characters? And we can certainly get into that uh, question with you guys, but I did want to say that we've reached the uh, end of our time with the public access audience, so we're going to have to break away from that, but you can catch the rest of this uh, conversation on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, <clears throat> and um, uh, Rumble. And uh, so I encourage you to go check that out. And we also have other shows with other uh, guests and interviews that uh, that you can find out about as well. Uh, but uh, I encourage you to go check that out and uh, find out what's going to happen next in this conversation <laughs> about uh, Mickey Mouse and Leon's value of his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to buy that house next to Leon because he doesn't let me get a word in edgewise. <laughs>
<laughs> okay. Well, let, 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 let me let me throw this out to you. In fact, uh, Tim, if you had something to say, why don't you jump in now and and and. All right, Tim. I forgot what I was going to say. Now, <laughs> did somebody steal your idea? No. Yeah, somebody, somebody stole it right out of my head. That's that's not too hard these days. Um, no, we're we're not saying that that uh, no one would have to purchase the the house next door to Leon. We're we're just saying that um, you know that the government's only requirement is to protect his house. In other words, somebody can't come into Leon's house and kick him out and take over his house as because he owns it and he can prove that he does with the deed of trust and so many other ways. But, but um, so somebody cannot claim that Leon's house is theirs and the government would stand by to protect his property rights in that house on the flip side, because just like that song, houses uh, made of ticky tacky, and they all, well, I can't remember the words, and they all look just the same. There are green ones, there are blue ones, you know, pink ones and yellow ones. So they can have all these houses of ticky tacky, Leon's is one in the middle of them, and they all look the same, and they're all the same, And but p different people own them. and But that's different than somebody singing the song houses made of looking like ticky tacky uh and and trying to sell that song over um you know the 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 reproduction of the song and claiming it as their own and not giving you know a share to the guy that originally came up with the song so that's the difference in in intellectual property versus real property and uh that's all we're at, at I'm having an issue with whether the intellectual property is worth, you know, all the stuff that people have to do to all the hoops they have to jump through to to protect it, because that's the flip side to any of this kind of copyright infringement is policing the, um, uh, you know, you're you're being your own policeman over your intellectual property, and that takes a lot of time and energy and money. Instead, so the flip side is if there is no intellectual property, then people don't have to be encumbered by trying to protect their own stuff. Yeah, they may have to, they may have a more difficult time getting compensated. There may be copycats. There may be people making fake Rolex watches and fake uh, purses that are expensive purses and so on. But, but, um, Fake iPhones too. <laughs> yeah, like called Androids. Yeah, <laughs> and and they um, exactly. And well, there they, goes another endorsement. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, and uh, so so on. And so uh, what what not having intellectual property does is just frees everybody up to just you know just be productive, you know, constantly productive, coming up with new ideas. Everybody's piggybacking on other people's ideas in that in that scenario. And that's that's the argument against I, IT law. Or is it IP? IT? Yeah, IP, IP, IP. Yeah. intellectual property laws. Yeah. So um, that's and I, I go back and forth and, I you know, I, I like to argue both sides because you know, it's, it's a complex issue. You, you do want the original artist to get compensated, but at the same time, man, policing that is, 
expensive and and takes away from the original artist's time and effort in um go ask the eagles i mean they they're nutcases over protecting their intellectual property they they go to the ends of the earth doing it but you haven't heard any new stuff from the eagles have you lately because they're too busy they're tied up protecting their old stuff you know, well, and, and, and Tim, there's something I wanted to add on to it, something you were saying real quick, too. And it's if you were trying to generate a song, too, you also now have a burden of trying to research to make sure you're not making a song that's yeah. going to get hit on copyright. Because now suddenly you have to worry. Am I already thinking of yeah. something somebody else thought of? Yeah. <laughs> so that's so that, that that creativity. That, that, yeah. That's true. It, it quells uh, creativity. So, uh so you got that issue too. Um, so, uh, you know, so we could argue that, but Leon, this whole idea about somebody moving next to you just because they want to live next to you, I don't know why they would, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, well, Tim, Tim yes. you don't know why they would, but if some blue Joe decide that they must live next to me, uh, they they are saying they want to improve the quality of their life. <laughs> okay? Yeah. If they're going to improve the quality of their life by living directly next to me, bro, what, what does that mean? So I have no rights now? No, it does, of course not. It means that your neighbor would, number one, have to agree to sell his house to them. If they want to live so badly next to you, then one of your neighbors, one of the, one of the two people on either side of you, would have to sell. And otherwise, yeah. they can't just break into your neighbor's house and claim it as theirs. That's the whole thing. Okay, well, so, yeah, let, let me it, ask you something. Go ahead, Jason. Before I, well, I, I was just, I just wanted to, to add on to the th thought that you were having, which is, you know, okay, so let's say suddenly the property around Leon becomes hot property because everybody said, man, I saw Leon on the knuckleheads of Liberty and I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> so I got to get more Leon. <laughs> so, so suppose then that uh, all these people come wanting to buy the property next to you. Should you have some claim on your neighbor's properties because somehow you've become famous and now they yeah, all want to okay. sell their houses because they can make money because everybody wants to live next door to Leon? Or should they oh. just be able to sell their property? Is that right? They own the property yeah. and you Leon you wants a cut. Leon, yeah. Leon wants a cut. That's what he's saying. <laughs> because it was so, his name that brought him in and he claimed. So, so, at my th these people now they're using my good name, <laughs> my good name to, to, to own land around me, my good name, and that would not that, that it would not that would not to me. Well, it was worth something to your neighbor. It wasn't him that brought them here, it was me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. This wonderful guy named Leon is bringing all these good people to the neighborhood. So, so nobody's gonna pay me for that. I don't well, get that news for you, though, Leon. <laughs> Current property right, intellectual property, I wouldn't wouldn't benefit you on that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I think these these are a bunch of crooks. <laughs> so, no, 
Lord of mercy. You know, we spent a little bit of time on this one, so I do want to get to the next topic. But there is one question I did want to ask you guys. You guys saw that clip of Steamboat Willie. And the idea is part of the issue of copyrights and trademarks is that um, they don't want something happening to this idea that devalues the idea, right? I mean, the idea that somebody is trashing the idea, taking it another direction. Like, I think... You know, the, the Lord of the Rings stuff, I mean, Amazon paid a hell of a lot of money. I can't remember exactly how much, but a huge amount to get the rights so that they could make more stories for Lord of the Rings on their Prime channel, I think. But in this case, the copyright's up, so people are, are now making stories that somehow tie into the Steamboat Willie and turning into a horror movie. But suppose they'd done this five years ago. I mean, if you saw that, are you really going to go out and say, oh, man, I just don't like Disney as much anymore. <laughs> I saw this terrible horror movie that somebody, you know, uh, made a, a likeness of the old Mickey Mouse. I mean, would it really impact the way you viewed Disney? Would it change the value, I guess, of their of their uh, IP? I, 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 I think it would. Because, 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 because Justin, you know, I mean, if, 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 you, if you say it would not change, change the value, then you say there's a bunch of irrationality going on in the in, in, in the marketplace today where companies are spending billions of dollars to protect their name. Okay. Now Mickey now Mickey Mouse or Steamboat Willie or whoever, whoever the hell it is we're talking about, that is associated with a specific company. Disney is associated with them. So uh, yeah, I think you could change the value of the company. And if you could change the value of the company, the company has a right to protect its name. As it should. Do you have any thoughts on this, uh, Tim? Uh, about a company protecting its trademark? Well, or at least the, the idea that some people using the same idea might devalue their, you know, their brand, I guess. Yes. You mean like when you try to copy a, a purse or a watch or something else that's made yeah, by another except company? that this is just slightly different because that's almost like fraud, right? When you sit there and you take just, a Gucci yeah. bag and then the, the person yeah, buying Gucci. it might actually think they're getting a real Gucci bag right. and, and it's lesser quality. But in this case, I think anybody who has half a brain would watch this and say, this is not something that Walt Disney put out <laughs> this oh, horror yeah. movie. So, so it's right. not like they're going to confuse that where it came from, but it, do you really right. think somebody using the idea of Mickey Mouse in this is going to devalue the brand, I guess? I don't. No, I don't think it devalues the brand at all. When um, Or same thing, like if somebody comes out with a new Gucci purse, I mean, it looks and is really fairly decent quality, but it's it's half the price and it's a different name. It's a, it's, it's, it's a Tucci, a Tucci bag. And uh, they're not trying to fraudulently sell it as a Gucci. It's the Tucci, and they. Um, but it looks very similar, and they're, you know, they're copying it, and they're selling it cheaper, and so on and so forth. But still, if somebody wants a genuine, you know, high quality, expensive Gucci bag, they have to go to the source. And so I don't think it devalues that. Yeah, sure, you know, because the the customer for the Tucci bag ain't going to be buying a Gucci bag. They can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are there any are there any conditions under which take any 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 large American corporation in America? Are there any conditions under which some someone's actions could devalue could devalue 
the the the, the value, the worth of that major corporation. Somebody else can do something to some something. Yeah, all the time it happens. I, it, when when one company comes up with an idea and then. Okay, here's one. Uh, Kodak. Kodak has photography. They come up with these pictures. You got to put them. Uh, you got to put them uh, through a camera that that develops uh, film, and then that film has to be utilized to develop prints from it, and so on and so forth. Then some some bozo comes along and invents a digital camera. It happens to be somebody at, at Kodak, by the way, that did that. And uh, so now Kodak goes, oh well, let's just sell this off. And so they sell it and basically run themselves out of business, essentially what happened. So um, sure, it happens all the time. So somebody comes with a bigger, better mousetrap and uh, it puts the original company out of business. So it, yeah, it happens constantly. It's going to continue to happen. It's just... So, okay, I, I will accept that. I mean, I think I think we they call that creative destruction or something yeah. like things like that. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But what we're talking about here in this particular case is here is a product, okay, that is associated with one well-known company, which is Disney, mm -hmm. okay, and they are using it in a well, like, okay, this in this particular case, I guess, what somebody want to go be a killer, this 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 family-friendly, quote-unquote friendly product has now become a, a a serial killer or some kind of other thing like that and that kind of stuff. You don't think that will have some some impact upon the, the the value of Disney? If this let's suppose this movie become quite well known and widespread, it will not have any impact upon Disney's value as a company in the United States. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're uh, you you invent a cereal called Kellogg's uh, Corn Flakes. <clears throat> okay. You you're going to patent cereals from now on. Nobody can invent a breakfast meal that comes that's made uh, out of um, out of uh, flakes from any number of, of items, like cornflakes is made. Um, that's designed to have milk poured on it and sugar sprinkled over it and eaten as a breakfast. Uh, no, so there's no grape nuts. There's no um, Captain Crunch. There's no Cheerios. Uh, none of those can exist because. Kellogg's cornflakes has the patent on it, and the government's going to protect every, every for Kellogg's forevermore from any other breakfast cereal, no matter what. See, see, but you know, some people don't like cornflakes, so they're not going to eat them, no matter what. And so, but they would love grape nuts, you know, or they'd love Cheerios. You see, so do the grape nuts and Cheerios dilute the cornflake income? Well, maybe a little bit, sure, because there's still a breakfast cereal. And some people, but you know, that's just the way it goes. It's just human nature that we're going to want different things. And even though it's it's basically the same thing, it's something you throw in a bowl, put milk on it, sugar, put a spoon in there and chomp on it. So that's the thing. Um, and so, yes, that's competition. It's it's just the free market of competition. It's It's always going to exist and it's a good thing. It makes everybody's product better. Because if Kellogg's was able to languish in protection forevermore, having the only cereal brand ever, you know, you can imagine how dull, boring, and uninteresting, and you know, it just would have even gotten worse and worse. Especially if they would have had a monopoly over it. So, so that's why I'm saying 
this whole intellectual property thing is a double-edged sword and you have to be careful how far you want to go with it. And, and Leon, I can think of three legit things on my side that are, uh, I, I'm hearing an echo, I don't know, on somebody's side here, but um, uh, so uh, that there's like three uh, legit ideas I could think of too, as far as, you know, uh, concerns about the IP. The biggest one is fraud. I mean, the idea that if I said that um, this is, uh, this is Leon's car, and it turned out it wasn't Leon's car, you know, but I sold it as though it was Leon's car, right? That's, you know, there's, there's clearly a fraud element. Well, I mean, I, I think it's the same thing, too. If, if, I, if I sold a car and I claimed it was a, uh, uh, you know, if, if I claimed it was, a, you know, maybe I made a new car and I claimed it was, say, a, uh, a Tesla and it wasn't really a Tesla and it didn't live up to Tesla quality. Say the battery died and, you know, uh, you know, after the first ride, <laughs> <laughs> the, the battery died instead of dying, dying after 50 miles, it died after 25, but go ahead. And it couldn't be recharged. <laughs> it wouldn't take a charge. Right. So it was a complete yeah. lemon. And, and so, you know, it, it, then, Clearly, if people thought that that was representative of all Teslas, even though it wasn't really a Tesla, right, then I could, I could see, yeah, that's sort of a fraud issue. The other ones are sort of the digital copyright, which is sort of like, man, I mean, things can be reproduced so fast, and that's kind of a challenge uh, nowadays because, you know, somebody writes a whole book, and then suddenly somebody else copies it in 10 minutes and is selling it right alongside of them. And, and the other issue might be, or the same thing with like a movie and the other might be, you know, pharmaceuticals, some company works on something for 10 years and then somebody else just takes it and copies it in a month. And, you know, they're out the door with their, uh, you know, these are all challenges. I don't know that they, some of those have to have the government protection, but I certainly would think on the fraud side of something, the government definitely needs to be there because there's an issue of somebody just simply lying in a contract there, right? I mean, they're saying it's a Tesla and it's not a Tesla. You know, it's like I said, I owned this bridge and I sold it to you and then you found out I had no property right to the bridge and it wasn't, you know, it's fraud, right? So uh, so that, that definitely, the other one, maybe there's some creative ways the market could get around those other issues of people just copying stuff, you know, but I, I don't know. But th those are the real challenges to this whole, do we need, you know, could so we let get me ask, Let me ask something here. Are you, saying, are you saying that digital assets, digital intellectual property should be protected? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. My, the, the, what I meant by is a digital copy can literally be done in a second. You could have a thousand copies of it, right? Like, so if you made a movie, it may have taken you a year to make a movie and then somebody else literally copies a million copies, puts them on DVD and they're sending them out, you know, or they're just streaming them out within, you know, minutes after you make it. Right. That's what I meant by digital. The idea that you can copy it so fast that, you know, in, in the past, right, if, if somebody else heard Mozart's song and he wanted to go copy it, we'd well, have to put together an orchestra. You have to go advertise it and you'd have to find a place to play it. Right. And, you know, him getting the benefit of copying Mozart might take him a while just to do that, you know, where Mozart has a head start. But here nowadays with digital, you can literally copy somebody's year long work you know, in, in seconds, right. And, and deprive them of the benefit of, of whatever, you know, they, they might've gotten in the market for it. That's, that's oh. what I'm talking about. Well, okay. I still, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to understand the contradiction that you're, you're espousing right now, Jason, you're, re you're really talking about both sides of your, your, your mouth. No, no. Are it, you it, saying it, in the 
what, what, I, what, I, what I tried to explain in the beginning of this is the issue is once it's made, there is no scarcity. I mean, technically, everybody can watch that movie and it doesn't deprive somebody else of watching it. The issue is the scarcity of the idea before it's hatched. Right. So, I mean, the idea is anybody going to work on that idea if they thought that everybody could just steal the idea and not have to not have to compensate them for the idea after it's after it's made that would be sort of the the issue right but uh, you know that's the, the thing it, it technically once the idea is out there's no scarcity right if everybody used that same idea from now to the end of time everybody could use it and there'd never be any scarcity but you you might have scarcity of new ideas potentially that's the argument for why you would want you know the these intellectual properties and i i think that there might be some creative ways around that but that's the argument for the people who are in favor of ip right is that you know is that you want these new ideas to come out as well timmy you're going to say something yeah i was just gonna ask him to spe specify whether or not he was in favor of intellectual property protection of digital property and it sounds like he made a case for it uh at least the the side of that side of the argument is, is, is correct jason you're you're just made this is the argument yeah i i, I don't think we have enough time to get into all the the right. <laughs> we've already gone a long time on this yeah. so my thought, just real quick, would be maybe you'd have voluntary things, kind of like the way we do for charity, right? I mean, like if we want research on certain things, either, you know, sometimes we have the government do it, or sometimes we just do it ourselves. Like we, we say, hey, uh, I donated 50 bucks to, you know, say breast cancer research or something else like that, right? Uh, that's a way to fund things when we think there might not be a market incentive to develop the idea if there's a huge burden at the front, right? And so you might have the same thing for really popular ideas for movies. You know, if there's a great studio that put out great stuff, a lot of people might be willing to donate in advance so that there'd be more movies from that studio, right? Uh, that kind of a thing or, or more, you know, life-saving drugs from some companies maybe. So, well, so, 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 Jason, we should we, we should stop people somehow or the other, whatever, whether it's the government or or whatever. We should stop people from from cloning pharmaceutical products. We should stop we should stop people from cloning digital products. But we cannot stop people where other ideas are concerned, or other intellectual uh, property rights are concerned. Well, I, I didn't say necessarily we should. I just said those are the arguments of why you might want to stop people from doing it. But, um, I, you know, okay. like I said, there, there might be another way around it, too, which is that we could fund it the same way we do, you know, some of these charitable causes, too. When we think something's a good cause, we don't always have to see a profit. We just do it because we believe in the, the cause, right? So, um, you know, that, that, that may be, you know, one of the alternative ways around some of these things that have a huge burden up front. They could be digital copied just like that, you know? So, um, anyway, everything that has become, everything that is going to become a real product is that, that going to end every idea that's going to end up as a real product has some burden. Okay. Now you, you, you use the word real burden. It might only be $5, but that might be a real burden for me. I might be living on the streets. You might five dollars mightn't mean nothing to you. You you living in a mansion somewhere, okay? But so burden that real burden issue, I cannot cannot stand. It cannot. Well, but Leon, like we said at the beginning, and we're gonna have to pull this topic real quick. But the the issue is we've had thousands of years of of uh, create 
creativity without intellectual property rights. So that flies in the face of sort of your thing of saying, hey, somebody took a burden and they never would take it unless the government was standing right behind them to beat up anybody who tried to steal the idea. Well, I mean, we literally had thousands of years of, of you know, uh, history that say different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mozart didn't yeah. have copyrights for his songs, right? I mean, uh, you know, neither did Bach, neither did uh, all, all these people. I mean, there was no copyright protection on the Bible. There was you know, all these different things. People took the time to put into words and music and everything else. And, and they did, you know, recipes, all these things. Um, but, I, but I think you gave the example as to why for all that length of time it stayed that way is because it was more difficult to reproduce. Yeah. But today in the digital world where rip, reproductions are very easy to do, uh, quick and easy, now it's a different story. And so maybe, you know, now you're, you're basically saying that it's a, there's a new sheriff in town. There's, there's a new reason to have intellectual property based on this digital stuff. Although... I also contend that that there's pride of ownership in having the the bona fide, the real original copy of, of a movie, for example, or a CD of music and so on and so forth, instead of just a ripped copy. Yeah, you can rip a copy and I guess you could get it. And, and usually, why would you pay the same price as the original? You, it has to be cheaper, right? Because it's it's just a rip off. It's just, you know, it's just a copy. And so therefore you're going to pay less generally that's how it's been right and people are pr proud of the fact oh yeah i get that movie for free or you know yeah I, you know i had to you know it's not as it's not as nice i don't get the nice case with the nice you know graphics and so on and so forth that you can hold in your hand or or even the nice digital copy that that comes up on your tv and it's got the the extras and so on and so forth i don't know I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate for, you know, there's there's always something about the original that people want, that the people that can afford it. Well, and the other aspect to all this, too, is that we think we're the only jurisdiction in town. But, you know, if people create something <laughs> here now, suddenly you have the idea of how you're going to police yeah. this somewhere else where they don't right. have the same IP laws everywhere else. So, you know, that's yet another problem. But uh, speaking of other areas, yeah, speaking of other things. Do you guys want to do the immigration topic? I mean, I think we can, but uh, we we probably got to compress a little bit <laughs> because we're we're coming up near an hour's worth of material. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to compress. But go ahead if you want. Okay. Well, well, how about you, Leon? You want to handle immigration or, or kick that to next week? We could we, we could do that next week. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's uh, jump to the. Uh, to the knucklehead noise patrol then. So let me get my uh, uh, visual out for that. So, um, okay. Uh, so James, maybe you could bring up the, the visual here. So uh, th this would have tied in a little bit to the immigration issue, which is why I used this one this week. But, uh, you know, here's, here's one of the problems we've been having with uh, with Trump. I mean, we, I know all of us on this show are certainly upset with, with Biden as president. I mean, I, I just can't imagine anybody as bad as, <laughs> as President Biden has been um, and, and the Democrat Party. I mean, it, it, it feels like we're, we've been in clown world for, you know, for <laughs> over three years now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's just appalling. But, you know, that one of the terrible things is since we as libertarians are having such a hard time 
getting a libertarian in front of people. And a lot of that is because, you know, hey, the two parties are, you know, kind of using maybe a lot of different protections and government to keep us away from the podium and everything else. But that said, uh, the Republicans have some of their own candidates. And the guy who's been making the biggest noise on their side is Donald Trump. So, you know, he seems certainly better than Joe Biden. But, oh, my God, every time we turn around, he says something that just... You know, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> he puts people in this position where, you know, you, you you don't like what you see on the other side. And do you really want to defend what this guy is saying? So recently he was, uh, uh, you know, at a uh, uh, I believe it was a, a rally and he was talking about the immigration problem. And uh, James, maybe we could bring up Knucklehead Noise Patrol video clip number one. You know, when they let. I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country when they do that. We got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world. They're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. So, so there was a clip, but clearly he said he used the word poison the blood. And, of course, you know, uh, people like Rolling Stone and others, that was the uh, article I showed there at the beginning, you know, are like Republicans are excusing Trump his, Hitler-esque rhetoric uh, in poisoning the blood. And it's just like, you know, man, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the stuff this guy says and then and and you know did he, did he mean it the way it came out eh, probably not but it's like geez i mean we have to you know it's like you have to if you're a republican i i don't know how you you with a straight face stand up and try and find ways to defend this guy every two seconds other than the fact that he's better than biden <laughs> well i, I <laughs> I would okay, just say, yeah, if I could start this off. You know, if there was ever a time in American history where there's a, a clear reason to go to a third party, i.e. the Libertarian Party, uh, now is the one. I mean, it's like, don't people see that a third choice is just could be just so crystal clear as a as a better choice than the either of the two main parties uh and i know it's never going to happen okay you know all that blah blah stuff and everybody's going to take the the lesser of two evils and you know it just depends on what tribe you belong to and i get it and they're not going to jump to the third tribe i get the, get all that but heck if heck if there ever was a time when two people just don't know when to shut the f up and maybe we ought to get looking toward people that that know what they're talking about. Uh, now's the time. Yeah. Leon, did you want to jump in or? Yeah, Tim is working up. Well, I, you know, I think I've said before, I think Trump is famous for seeing lunatic things. And um, he what this is just one of them. I, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend that in any way, shape, or form. Not that I have to sit around and defend Donald Trump. The, but, it, but 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 his point about immigration is 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 real, I think. But as uh, going as far as to saying 
poison the blood of our country or poison the blood of our economy, I think I think that is a a, a bridge too far for any fair-minded person to to walk with him. But this thing about illegal immigration, and I will, I wish us to stop calling these people migrants. They are not. They are illegal immigrants. They are crossing our borders without any reason or permission. Okay? They are crossing our borders. And that is not legal in any sense of the word. Okay? It violates every one of our laws. Okay? They are not even swaying to uphold our constitution. And they are walking across our borders. And of course, we're going to have people making idiotic statements like Donald Trump, like Donald Trump just did. So, um, which is, is not defendable. It is not. But his point about the illegal immigration is, is, is definitely valid. And it's, it's too bad, too, that I didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to touch on that other topic because we would have gone into the immigration problem a little bit. And, I mean, the numbers are crazy. I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, 300,000 coming in a month is what they're saying came in in December. Really? So, I mean, these are the numbers and, and, and we're seeing people from like places coming over the Southern border from places like China, Africa, and all these other places. So meaning that, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine how somebody just like is, oh, they just happen to be living next door and they just want a better life. So they, I mean, they, you know, there's some clear issues here where people are coming a long way to come to Mexico so they can come in. I wonder how many want to live next door to Leon. <laughs> that may be it. <laughs> you know what, Tim? It is time for me to make some money from this illegal immigration that's going on here. Yeah. All right? Yeah. If these people want to live next door to me, they better pay and pay up fast and plentiful too. Yeah, you, do, you don't have too far to walk just next door on both sides. Yes, Maybe across right. the street too. Talk, talk, talk to those people. You know, one other thing I wanted to bring up, too, though, in this se uh, segment as well, was that, you know, a lot of times the media I exaggerates the stuff that Trump has said. In this case, I mean, I don't really think they it's just uh, so crazy what he said. But in, in other cases, they take what he says out of context sometimes. And that's why I tried to play the whole context in that last one so you could kind of hear what was said in front and behind the, the quote. Uh, but in, in uh, another thing that came out just recently, too, and uh, James, maybe we could get the visual on this. Um, he says, uh, Trump vows to, this is the AP saying this, Trump vows to be a dictator on day one follows growing worry over his authoritarian rhetoric. So they're all, they, you know, heading off with the headline saying, oh my God, he wants to be a dictator. Uh, James, can you play the clip from uh, clip two here? Because this, you know, you, you hear the quotes in context, a lot of times they're not as bad as, as what they say. So maybe you just- uh, You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not, oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, <laughs> we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policy. 
So I, I just wanted to bring that up too, just to sort of balance it out with the fact that, hey, sometimes the stuff we're hearing in these news reports is just like, you know, you're hearing the left say, oh my God, he wants to be a dictator. And he's and, and he's literally saying he's going to do exactly what Biden did when he came into office, which is use his day one authority to end things like the key line or keystone pipeline. Keystone, the keystone, keystone like pipeline. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, which is, the, you know, no, nobody called Joe Biden a dictator when he did that. Right. But, you know, suddenly we're, you know, saying, hey, Trump is, you know, now granted, Trump probably shouldn't have said, hey, I want to be a day one dictator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's Trump, right, putting his, his foot in his mouth, you know, to try and make a splash. But on the other hand, if you just listen to the context, it's literally nothing different than what you've seen other presidents do right when they come into office, make some executive, yeah. uh, you know, orders on some things. Executive orders. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, I just wanted to put that out. And so, now since we're, we're at the start of a new year, I just wanted to put this out to you guys. Uh, predictions. Uh, wh what are you guys predicting for 2024? This is uh, clearly a crazy year. Um, I'll, since we haven't really done this before on the show, I think um, I'll let you guys decide whether I go first or you want me to go at the end. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll all give you our knucklehead prediction for uh, what we think. I'll go last. I'll go last. Tim, go ahead. Tim, okay, I predict bread, $50 a loaf, December 2024. There you go. 50 <laughs> okay. bucks. A loaf. Okay. That's that's bold. That's that's more than Argentina's uh, <laughs> okay. level of inflation. That's like Zimbabwe in, uh, uh, inflation going on there. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, yeah, certainly I, I, I share your uh, your it might be sourdough. The dollar. <laughs> yeah, it might be really good sourdough bread or something like that, you know, specialty bread, but yeah, 50 bucks a loaf. There you have it. Well, 50 bucks is pretty sour, <laughs> yes, real sour. <laughs> yeah, um, I my prediction, and you know, I'm hoping it doesn't come true, but. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine how we don't have violence in the streets after the 2024, you know, election. I, it's just I the, the craziness that I've seen, you know, with all of this stuff on both sides, uh, you know, uh, and the idea that both sides have these echo chambers, especially, you know, the, the left CNN, MSNBC, the stuff like you said, they're, they're literally going on about Trump being a dictator when he's literally saying he's going to do the same things. I mean, if you're listening to that and you believe it, then, you know, it's... I, I don't know. So I, I just think we're we, we might be at that point where there might be violence in the streets after this particular election. That's that's uh, my prediction that I hope I'm wrong on. So what, what, what do you guys what do you think, Leon? Well, my prediction is that sometime between now and and maybe around June, I would say the DNC will force Biden out. They will have to. The man is, 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 is senile and incoherent. They will force him out. And then they will want to put Gavin Newsom in, but he cannot. They'll have to put up Kamala as, the, as, as their nominee. And I think Donald Trump will return to the White House. It's going to cause a lot of problems within our country with Donald Trump being president again. But I think that is what is going to happen. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, Mark, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. see what we see. Well, uh, thanks again. If you're watching us for, uh, 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 
checking this show out. And we encourage you to go to uh, Facebook, uh, Rumble, Spotify, YouTube to check out our shows. We have a whole bunch of other ones that have been uh, archived. Uh, we're hoping to get a lot of new guests this uh, and, and some returning guests this year. So uh, look forward to some of that. Uh, and uh, basically, we, we're just trying to you know, uh, inspire people to, you know, what, what it is you might be able to do in your community. We're hoping that you'll listen to some of these uh, interviews we've done with people who are running for local offices or, you know, have had ideas where they're pushing for school choice or something else. And just try and ask what you can do in your community uh, to promote liberty. And um, James, maybe uh, just give one final share for the new year, maybe as a little bit of a uplifting uh, uh, thing here is, President Malay just got uh, elected this last year in Argentina, an actual libertarian, sort of of the Mises variety, it sounds like. So um, that is hopefully inspiring and hopefully, you know, we'll see some positive changes uh, in, you know, a few years in that country that will maybe inspire the rest of the world. So in a, in a Texas chainsaw massacre sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he certainly is uh, vibrant. <laughs> so, but I love the quote. You know, I did not come here to guide lambs. I came here to awaken lions. So you know, I'm you know, I'm not here as the government to to shepherd you. I want you to get up and and roar. <laughs> so, That's right. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. And until next time, stay tuned and stay free. Yes, indeed. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.